Hello, friends. This is Lisa Colon Delay. You're listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. This is Soul School, episode 238. What do efforts earn? Today I'm going to be talking about Dallas Willard. Introducing you to Dallas Willard if you haven't heard of him. And reading some excerpts from Gary W. Moon and his essay on Willard's four central concerns. I will, of course, link to this full article, this full essay. You can find a link to that at sparkmymuse.com for this episode, SSL 238, Soul School Lesson 238. I subscribe to the newsletter from conversatio.org, and Gary W. Moon had an essay in there this time. So who was Dallas Willard? For those of you who don't know, perhaps younger generation, or people just unfamiliar with spiritual formation. Dallas Willard, an American philosopher, also known for his writings on Christian spiritual formation, passed away in 2013. He was born in 1935, a very longtime professor of philosophy at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles from 1965 until his death in 2013. He also had visiting appointments at UCLA and the University of Colorado. I appreciate him personally for his clarity of thought, his deep understanding of philosophies that are behind our culture, our beliefs, and even our misunderstandings. He had a, a wonderful knowledge of these undergirding foundations of how philosophies develop through time and just the kind of clarity of thought you don't typically find in Christian circles. And that made him very interesting to read, particularly his insistence on transformation into the loving character of Jesus Christ. His desire for people to be transformed into the character of Jesus by becoming lifelong apprentices or pupils of Jesus, not merely going through the motions by going to church. Being a Christian doesn't have anything to do with cultural war type of things. He often spoke and wrote regarding apathy in churches. This was a concern to him. Places where people couldn't or wouldn't or didn't grow more loving. He's famous for saying that grace is not opposed to effort, which is action, but it is opposed to earning, which is an attitude. Because grace can't be earned, Sometimes people sit on their laurels and don't bother with the efforts that transformation requires. We can be actively progressing in transformation and putting in effort that way. Though these efforts don't earn us bargaining chips, they don't help us gain God's special favor or make us good in God's eyes. These efforts can help prepare us for transformation and spiritual maturity when we have a teachable spirit and a willing attitude. This isn't the same thing as trying to earn something which God has freely given us. Sometimes this is the attitude we can have 
where we may do certain things in order to feel accepted or loved by God. God offers us love, which is our salvation, and that is free. So many times in life we go around, whether we're Christian or not, trying to do good so that people accept us or people love us. Or we try to conform to people's expectations of us or the expectations we think God might have for us. And we do this in a kind of way to earn approval. And that is unnecessary because God loves us just as we are. But that doesn't mean that our efforts to progress towards transformation shouldn't happen. Gary W. Moon writes an article called The Essential Quadrilateral for Authentic Spiritual Change and Transformation. And what he's speaking about are four essential concerns that guided Willard. And I will read just snippets of these so you can get an idea. And what Moon does is he actually joins Willard's ideas with other ideas throughout the 2,000 years of Christianity and shows this prevalence that is similar throughout Christian history. He writes, Dallas Willard's four critical concerns are simultaneously simple, profound, and countercultural to our modern world. But they are not new. We would go so far as to say that you will find these same four commitments across the centuries in the heart of each Christian saint and at the heart of every movement of authentic change and transformation within the Christian church that has stood the test of time. These are bold statements, but they are supported by Willer's fourth concern. When an individual or a group of individuals are engaged with his first three concerns, the fourth concern naturally flows forth. Willard's final commitment is his most bold. He was deeply concerned to establish Christian spiritual formation and its practices as items of genuine knowledge, not leaps of faith. He knew this would involve providing objective ways of testing the effectiveness of those practices. Some of these means of testing would be empirical, not unlike the use of empirical testing of human flourishing, happiness, and so forth in psychology. Some would require first-person access to one's own progress, such as experiencing God, the peace, the joy, and the love of the kingdom of God, and so on. On the basis of such access, one could then report one's progress and recommend to others that they could test for themselves the effectiveness of certain practices by undergoing them in the right way and seeing if, indeed, certain desired outcomes followed. And just to note that Dallas Willard wrote a lot about the spiritual disciplines, things that we can do in our lives, things that we can practice, such as prayer, meditation, silence, fasting, all sorts of things we can do that help develop this way of being within us. And then once we do them, Willard said, we can cultivate this kind of life from which we can find that these practices have been effective to provide objective results, empirical results, where we can ask of ourselves, have I seen changes? To support this notion for lay audiences, Dallas Willard wrote, Knowing Christ Today, why we can trust spiritual knowledge, and for the more brave reader, the disappearance of moral knowledge. Dallas wrote The Divine Conspiracy, Rediscovering Our Hidden Life in God. And this particular book pairs well with this essay. Here are some more excerpts of Moon's essay. He writes, The church of the first few centuries 
was dedicated to preserving, quote, the way, unquote. This refers to the way of Jesus. It wasn't called Christianity, and people weren't called Christians, except later, derisively, disciples of Jesus themselves said they were people of the way, and that just meant the way of Jesus. This way was producing authentic change and transformation within human hearts. In addition to the development of two classic liturgies, the intricate weaving of experiential practices into the church year, and the writings of exemplars of the faith, the church of the early centuries also produced a collection of writings by these exemplars, the Philokalia. This is a collection of writings and wisdom. Willard's four critical concerns and their presence and parallels are also shown here by Moon as reflected in the ancient Christian spirituality, the first few hundred years or so, and then again in Ignatian spirituality from Ignatius of Loyola about 400 years ago. And then there's this kind of reference grid, which I will read to you, showing how these parallels show up from Willard across to ancient spirituality and then over to Ignatian spirituality. And to read about what the four concerns of Willard are, I refer you to the link that will be provided so you can read it for yourself and digest it. Willard's four critical concerns. For our purposes here, I will just read this reference material. The first being the mind independent presence of invisible realities, such as the Trinity and the Kingdom of God. This relates to ancient Christian spirituality, what is now known as Greek Orthodox, in the terms nepsis and nos. Nepsis means vigilance, watchfulness, alertness, and inner attention. Nos is the purified intellect that understands divine truth and presence by immediate experience. So ancient Christian spirituality would include these two concepts, nepsis and nos. And then 400 years ago, Ignatius of Loyola, a church reformer, spoke to these similarly when he spoke of learning to find God everywhere in all things, becoming aware that God is offering presence and interactive friendship here and now, discovering that God is continually creating us. In other words, the transformation is ongoing. It's not a once-and-done thing. Secondly, Willard talks about the ability to interact with the real presence here and now as a source of knowledge. In ancient Christian spirituality, this was called ascesis, training or discipline, Hathesia, inner stillness for the purpose of descending with the mind into the heart to become more aware of the presence of God. And Antiresius, or counter-speaking, speaking back to logismoi, or these unwanted thoughts or temptations. And then in Ignatian spirituality, that would be learning to look at God, who is looking at us in prayer. Then, interpersonal engagement with God through the Ignatian 
colloquy, which means an intimate conversation with the Trinity kind of prayer. Then the rules for discernment of the spirits, good and bad. This is part of the spiritual exercises that we see in Ignatian of Loyola's spiritual exercises book. And finally, emphasis on the importance of our God view. Next, Willard mentions the role of each of the aspects in the person in this interaction. For the ancient Christian spirituality, this was the heart, the central faculty for loving and desiring God. God is found in the inner closet of the heart. Secondly, purity of the heart, alignment of human will with the will of God. Then passions, disordered desires, pathology that leads away from union with God. Then apathia, dispassion or a total state of dependence on God. Is another word is holy indifference or a complete reliance and faith in God. Logismoi is another word for afflicting thoughts or temptations, thoughts that befog or pollute the mind. And then finally, the gift of tears, a second baptism of repentance and received forgiveness. And the gift of tears is something I talk about in my book, The Wild Land Within, from Broadleaf Books. The gift of tears is this beautiful gift of grace that sometimes happens to us when we feel blasts and we feel contrite. We can have this second baptism, as it were, that comes in the gift of tears. And if you've ever been in prayer or had an insight, a spiritual insight, and then been overtaken with tears, you are experiencing what ancient Christian spirituality would call the gift of tears. It is seen as a kind of grace. It's a very beautiful thing, and it's something that I have come across only recently and delved into extensively for my book. Paralleling that with Ignatian spirituality, that works in terms of interpersonal engagement through imaginative contemplation. An example of that would be taking a portion of the Gospels and imagining yourself in the story and then praying with those thoughts to God, a way to build intimacy. Secondly, paying attention to our emotions and our thoughts as part of the discernment or deciding process. Next, developing new patterns of thought and behavior. And finally, the importance of childhood relationships with parents to our God view, seeing ourselves as children of God. Willard's next concern relates to real change is expected and should be measurable. This is where he gets down to the nitty-gritty, the empirical. The life of the Christian should be one that is demonstrably measurable into a greater and greater life of goodness, kindness, and all the fruit of the Spirit. In ancient Christian spirituality, this would be referred to as theosis or deification, union with God, the inner flame, the life of the Holy Spirit within. In ancient Christian spirituality, Union with God was a holy aim, just like Jesus was one with God and our example. The early Christians felt that union with God was something 
to progress toward. And then moving to Ignatian spirituality, real change as an expectation of completing the spiritual exercises. So moving through the spiritual exercises is working through a number of exercises from some writings that Ignatian wrote, and people go on these retreats all the time, whether they're in the priesthood or whether they're people on a spiritual journey, whether they're Catholic, whether they're not. And the expectation is that after you complete the exercises, there will be real change in your life. And I have never heard from someone who completed the spiritual exercises, whether they did it during weekends throughout a year or whether they did the 40 days. I've never heard anyone who didn't come out extremely changed and noticed genuine progress and growth. Finally, Willard goes on to talk about salvation as healing. Grace is opposed to earning, but not to effort. And I'm going to jump in here and mention that the word for salvation that Willard uses is the Greek word pronounced sozo. This word holds so much meaning, and I'd like to unpack it more right now. So the Greek lexicon for the word sozo explains it to mean to save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to rescue from injury or peril, to save a suffering one from perishing, or to save someone suffering from disease, to make well, heal, restore to health, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, or to save or rescue. It is the Greek word for salvation, yet its root meaning goes beyond just the concepts of forgiveness of sins. According to Strong's Concordance, the Greek word sozo also carries the idea of being physically healed of diseases and to be delivered from your enemy. In the spiritual sense, that means anyone or anything that is the enemy of God or an opponent of goodness or an opponent of our flourishing. So, Willard uses the word sozo is healing, and grace is opposed to earning, but not opposed to effort. This means that Willard sees salvation as a full healing, not just a forgiveness of sins, a full healing of us. In ancient Christian spirituality, the parallel here is called synergy. This is a word that means the interplay of grace and participation that characterize our pathway to healing union with God. It's kind of a beautiful concept. Synergy, the interplay of grace and participation that characterize our pathway to healing union with God. In Ignatian spirituality, this is the principle and foundation which are things found in the spiritual exercises written by Ignatius of Loyola. So to sum up, Willard was all about transformation and becoming like Jesus in ways that could be empirically noticed and understood and measured. And that had everything to do with what we participated in in our lives, the kinds of spiritual practices and ways we behaved in our lives. At the show notes for this episode, I will be giving you a list of his books and, and his recommended reading list. 
One of the primary focuses I have is transformation and healing. Spiritual formation is the focus of my work and my writing because I believe that transformation is possible, but that transformation to wholeness and health is a calling for all of us. We are not meant to feel disconnected. We are not meant to feel unwell and unwhole and unhealed. We are meant to be united with love, with God and with others, and also even united and whole in ourselves. Oftentimes, our feelings about others really reflect what we think or fear about ourselves. And so in the process of transformation, we are also working on straightening out the healing we need in our own inner world. And the baggage we may have been carrying, the hatefulness or the self-cruelty we may have been feeling towards ourselves or showing to ourselves. Willard's work does a lot to help us progress towards healing and transformation, and that's why I love his work so much. That's all for today. I ask you to go back and check out some of the other episodes. I've been featuring poetry a lot lately because it gives us space to rest. It gives us space to reflect. And I hope that you might also support my work by going to sparkmymuse.com, either clicking a donate button or becoming one of my subscribers to my paid newsletter or become a Patreon monthly supporter. All the information is there at sparkmymuse.com. And even if that's not possible right now for you to contribute in some kind of financial way, it also really helps if you just share the program, share what I'm doing. Until next time, I thank you for listening, and I wish you blessing and peace.